This is Amateur Logic, episode 84, July 15th, 2015, a country field day. This episode of Amateur Logic was brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com, and by ICOM and their bi-direct D-Star infrastructure program, and by DX Engineering. DX Engineering offers practically everything you need to outfit your shack, plus the fastest shipping in the industry. In-stock items ship the same day, Monday through Friday, until 10 p.m. Eastern. For more information, visit dxengineering.com. Hi, and welcome to Amateur Logic TV, episode 80. I'm George. I'm Tommy. I was kind of look, yeah. listening for that, yes. Kind of threw the whole uh, whole rhythm off. It did, yeah. Uh, Peter's not with us this month, but uh, he'll be back next month, and, and maybe in a special way. Yeah, but that was his choice. He voluntarily took yeah. the month off, since he didn't have a segment for Field Day this time. So. Yeah, and, and we have a, a number of segments from Field Day. Plus, we got Wayne with us this time around. Yeah, so, uh, party on. Party on. <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, that's about all you can say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, field day, Tommy. Boy, it was a lot of fun this year, wasn't it? Oh, it was great. It was It was, uh, It was. was fun. The weather was pretty good compared to normal around mm-hmm. here. and. But the environment was, was very good. The, well, the environment was probably the best yet. Yeah, we we did some things different this year, and you're going to get to see them here. Um, A little the, ingenuity. The one thing we didn't do different is get a whole lot of contacts. We <laughs> like we always do. You know, I think we're more about getting out there, getting the site prepped and set up, and all the gear going than we are actually sitting down and working the radios. Yeah, the the radio stuff is fun. I enjoy that, but getting everything just just like you want it, kind of yeah. planning it out and, and doing things a little different, and that, seeing, that's a lot of fun. Kind and of. seeing that it all works. Yeah. You know? And being surprised that it all works. Yeah. And the bands, you know, I heard uh, a number of people say the, the bands were bad during field day this year. They weren't bad for us. Uh, when we first got set up, it was a little bit tough, uh, but it got better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah we heard some something on some of the bands mm-hmm. all the time. Uh, you were running mostly fifteen, fifteen, and then I switched over to six also, and six was actually on fire. Yeah, it six was actually good. was, and that was a surprise because I don't think we've ever really done much on six. Yeah, on field it, day it was before. a lot of fun. I had the best yeah. time on that. Yeah, yeah, I I can't remember if I did anything. No, my antenna wouldn't get on six. I did some on ten meters. Mm-hmm. And I worked some 40 and 20. And uh, Wayne, I think he worked some 40 and 80. I'm not sure if he did any 20s or not. Yeah, he, he jumped around. I suspect he may have ended up on there yeah. some. But, I think uh, we actually talked about that in here. So it's a little embarrassing, but how many points was it we ended up with? 
I want to say points, our, our total score was around 574, I believe. Well, the points actually sounds a lot better than, they the, do. than the number of contacts. That's why I didn't really go there. Well, and, and that's why I'm glad you brought the points <laughs> up. The actual number of contacts, yeah, somewhat less than that. You know, we got a multiplier for using a generator and uh, running 100 watts or less power, you know. And, yeah, we should have so. got some extra points for being covered in, po- in uh, bug poison. Yeah, off and, uh, that that should count for something. Yeah, it should. But uh, it was a just overall a great time. Yeah, it was you know. great. Uh, why don't we take a look at the site here and show them kind of where we were this okay. year. Okay. You can see that there was absolutely nothing around. When we said we were going off the grid, that proves it right there. Yeah. Actually, you could see the power poles up there at the top next to the gravel road. You could actually see a car coming down the road, too. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did see the car, but the yeah. road was dirt. The road was dirt. That's true. That's extra points right there, right? <laughs> Should be. But, uh, yeah, the, the uh, there was power out there in the country, but course not where we were except what we brought ourselves yeah uh this is well you know last year we did it from the church the church was right up there on the hill you really couldn't see it in that or could you see it in that no you couldn't see it but if you if you look at the video go back and replay the video you can see the road fork there's a Mm -hmm. fork in the dirt road and that church is just past that fork. well you saw the car coming down the road there the car was like right in front of where where we were last year now a few years ago when we did field day, we were down in that same area down in the woods, real near where you were standing there, yeah. just a little to your left. Yeah, it, yeah, it behind, kind of behind me. So if we, when the quadcopter was coming in and the trucks were hit, it was just off to that left of that little short clump of trees. But it actually grew up a lot those few yeah. years. Yeah, we, we couldn't get back in there this year. Well, we could have if we'd cut some trees down, but, yeah, but uh, this, not big trees. Just, but this, this turned out... To me, to me, I thought this was a little bit better site. It I wasn't think, quite yeah. as hard to get in and out of after we cleared it. Yeah, it was. Um, it seemed like we had a little more area in there too. Of course, yeah. of course, we had more tent-wise. That's, yeah, a little more area, sure. and uh, we had like we had to clear some, not as much, but uh, well, well, let's show them what we had to do. Okay. Most of that weed eater action was against poison ivy. 
Yeah, that's that's what I was doing. I wasn't weed eating the leaves. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of poison ivy there back was. there. And actually, I, I guess we must have not recorded a lot of the cleanup because we couldn't even get into the edge of the woods right there. Yeah, started. yeah, we didn't get a lot of that. Yeah, uh, kind of got started late on it. But yeah, it was a nice spot. It's well right here behind us. This uh, picture behind us actually came out of that little clip right there, and that's that's right where the yeah right the, there uh, tent yeah. stuff was tent set up was set actually right, right behind where I am. Yeah, so it cleared out pretty good. Remember the ditch that was behind us a few mm-hmm. years ago? That was back there as well. I don't. I think maybe we got a little bit of footage of that in here, yeah. and yeah, some so. of our uh, antenna setups. But you know, last time. Well, last year for field day, and then a few years ago when we were in the woods, we were still operating out of your single canopy there, the screening mm-hmm. canopy, which, you know, always worked good for us. It was kind of warm. Yeah. We actually had an apartment this time. We pretty much did, didn't we? Yeah. Those pesky birds were loud. <laughs> <laughs> and we didn't get to see it finish there, but we'll see some of that in a moment. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it was that was kind of an experiment. Yeah. Uh, you, well, we'll talk about that some more a little yeah. bit later, but uh, it worked out pretty good. It did, and uh, well, you'll 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 see what we're talking about there. Well, Tommy, let's do a few emails here before okay. we look at any more of this footage. All right. Why don't you take the first one there? Sure, I'd be glad to. I got one from Steve, WB6LOT. When you when you do an update, such as sudo apt get update, uh, apt get dist upgrade, etc., are those updates and upgrades saved to the SD microcard or are they saved internally on the Raspberry Pi? My reason for asking is if you do the upgrade and move the card to another Pi, do they go with it? That's kind of summarized, but that's the gist of it. But the answer is that they are saved to the card when you do that. Even when you do the uh, RPI update, the firmware update, Mm -hmm. the bulk of that is saved to the SD card, except, I believe, for the bootloader that gets written into the the Pi. So most of your updates will go if you move the card. It should be no problem. Uh, But if something with the bootloader were to change, which is probably fairly rare, I imagine, I haven't really looked, um, those wouldn't get written to it, but it shouldn't really be a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm wearing this fine T-shirt. Yeah. This uh, Radio Shack apparel here I bought during the closeout for a dollar. Yeah. Big spender. Yeah. Uh, I wish I'd bought some more. I've only got two or three. Yeah. But, I think I got know. two. Three. Yeah. I got three of them. You know, a dollar a piece. That's just the right price for your wardrobe. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, so. When we were here last month, I said, why don't you send me some of your memories about Radio Shack? And I've got Mm -hmm. a few of those this time around. Oh, cool. This first one here uh, came from uh, David. And he said that uh, he helps this email find us all well and happy. He said he's an old tech head, and he's got a lot of memories of Radio Shack that, that go way back. But the one that stands out to him most is 1995, he was at a store in Denton, Texas, and... 
in addition to be a, a singer and a guitarist, he ran sound for a few bands in the Dallas area, and he built a um, a big setup with all his effects and everything and racks and made a wiring harness for it. But essentially, he he had so many wires there it was kind of difficult to set up. So he decided he would label the wiring so it'd be a little easier and quicker to set up and hopefully you know avoid some mistakes as well. So he went to Radio Shack. Uh, he was greeted by an 18-year-old, can I help you? And he said, well, I'm here to get some wire markers. And uh, he didn't know what he was talking about. Never never heard of wire markers. I don't think we've got those. Well, he said, I think you do, and I think I can find them. Mind if I look? And he said, no, go ahead. So anyway, he went and looked and, um, and found the pack of wire markers. As a matter of fact, I think we got a picture right here. That's yeah. that's what we're talking about. Gosh, I haven't seen those in a long time. Uh, so the young man uh, said he didn't even know that they sold those. And uh, he learned something himself that day. But, uh, you know, he says he really does miss the stores when they were, uh, you know, clearly well managed and still stocked a lot of the stuff that people like us would want. And, you know, it's just kind of sad to see it go and... Yeah. But what are you going to do? You know? Order online, I guess. I guess so. It's about the only choice. I guess so. For, especially for us. There, there was a time when, you know, all the parts and stuff you would get at Radio Shack, they weren't necessarily top quality items, but you paid very little for them. They weren't very expensive. But Yeah. And, and they, were, they were sufficient for most mm-hmm. things. And, and, and the best thing is you could just go get it you could go get it that day yeah that's worth paying extra money for that to me yeah but the last few years the prices have been super inflated i mean yeah, and just, they've got the wrong stuff they had the wrong, and stuff, the wrong stuff so. too yeah so but uh, that's cool i'm glad he sent that in i am too but uh we've got a another radio shack story here in a few minutes awesome. and i'll tell you what before we get into a little more field day i put up an antenna before you got here today, yeah, I needed another one for uh, my, uh, well, my D Star setup over mm-hmm. here. What I had that mag mount sitting on top of the metal roof here just, yeah, that just wasn't, wasn't really cutting it for you. No, well, I think it was actually the cut that was in the coax let water get in there, uh-huh. and that was part of my problem. But I got a neat little antenna here from MFJ. But let's let's look a little bit at this series of antennas that uh, they've got for dual bands. MFJ's new Pulsar VHF UHF bass repeater antennas give you the world's best quality and performance. MFJ's exclusive Pulse Peak technology provides a super low angle of radiation directly at the horizon. This gives MFJ's Pulsar antennas the maximum possible gain for longest range performance. Pulsar antennas feature wideband performance and high gain on all bands for superior repeater and base station operation. You'll transmit a powerful signal and receive weak distance stations clearly. Heavy-duty fiberglass radomes and overlapping shells add strength and stability for extended, dependable use even in high winds. Each Pulsar antenna uses stainless steel hardware and waterproof joints. This prevents moisture and pollution from damaging your antenna. Pulsar antennas are pre-tuned at the factory and built for years of dependable use. Minimum assembly make Pulsar antennas perfect for base station and repeater use. Stainless steel radials easily hand-screw into the base. Simply attach your coax to the built-in waterproof connector. 
The assembly is so quick and easy, these antennas are great for portable, field day, and de-expedition use. MFJ's Pulsar antennas are supplied with all mounting hardware and mounting holder. Select from single, dual band, or tri-band antennas. And you can choose from a wide variety of base and repeater station antennas with different gains and lengths. Like this MFJ-1521 Pulsar Mini Limited Space VHF-UHF antenna. Just 4.5 feet tall, but it gives you big gain, 3 dB on 2 meters and 5.5 dB on 440. It's perfect for balconies, attics, and other limited spaces. Find out more about MFJ's line of Pulsar antennas. Visit MFJEnterprises.com today. Speaking of antennas, of course... We had to set up some for field day. We didn't get quite as much footage of that this year, but that's probably okay because we spent an awful long time trying to shoot those lines. Yeah, up no there. kidding. We really need to work on our skills. <laughs> yeah, I think so. We used the slingshot method this year to try to get the antennas hung in the trees. We had two off center fed dipoles and then one uh, big ear MFJ Oops. that was on a tripod. We had a little issue with accuracy and the slingshot this year we managed to get several pieces of lead hung in the trees and we lost about a half a tackle box full of fishing weights maybe not that many but we lost quite a few after multiple tries we did happen to get it across the tree limb and back down on the other side where we could reach it to hang it we just cut the fishing line off and tie some twine on and then pull it back across and then hook the antenna to the other end of the wire and just pull it back and tie the twine off to a tree somewhere. No switchblade? Oh, the secret weapons. We're going to do some precision knot tying here. Which calls for greater magnification. <laughs> Do a little fast knot tying. And got Wayne to reel in the fish in the reel and got it all the way back across where we could pull it. Sounded like you were skeet shooting. Pull. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> um, we got them up there. It certainly weren't as high as, as the trees were, though. Yeah, there was a lot more involved in it. I'm not sure how much of that you could sit there and watch uh, missing no. with a slingshot Yeah, and uh, and losing the fishing weights. How many weights did we actually lose? It, it seemed like there were three or four, but how many? We, we actually didn't lose, but uh, two, we had four. Oh, okay. But. Oh, we still had a little bit more to go then. Yeah, yeah, we we were okay for a little bit longer, but boy, we spent a lot of time pulling that slingshot. You know, we need something with a little more horsepower, like what Jim, you know, brought. Yeah, we may need to build us one of those pneumatic uh, cannons that shoots like the tennis balls, or or make a potato gun like Jim had. Yeah, because I think it was a combination thing. One is um, my slingshot's getting kind of old, and those those rubber bands you could stretch them just a little bit too easy. They just yeah. Didn't have that much torque to it Time for an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, That was Wayne's antenna that we were sitting up there, the 80-meter off-center fed dipole. I used a 40-meter one, and, uh, well, it's actually one from MFJ Mm -hmm. that, I don't know, I guess you and I have had for two or three years that we've going to use, and I think I finally cut the tie wraps on it for field day this year. (laughs) It's been been out of the package one time. Yeah. 
But, uh, well, here, let's just take a look at what I used. That's the feed point for the 40-meter off-center fed dipole. Uh, can't really see that other tree for this one that's in the way, but we got one end up near the tent. If you're going to put up one of these antennas, you want to look around, find the best tree that you can find, uh, which we kind of skipped out on that point. That's the biggest freestanding piece of bark I've ever seen in my life. That's pretty much what it is. Can't see where the wire's going over it, but I know it goes over one of those limbs up there. Biggest problem is these trees are so close together, it was tough shooting a line up through there. So uh, it would have done better with a little clearing out because we've got some pines in here that are probably 70 or 80 foot tall. That, those would have been nice. It was pretty high over that ditch because the ditch was so deep, but really it's probably only like 10 foot off the ground. Yeah, so. it, yeah, it didn't perform quite as well as we hoped just because of no. that. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, the site for the structure that and the setup was good. Access Accessibility to good places to put the antenna, I think, is where we were probably the weakest this year. Yeah, you know, if we could have... Uh, Maybe when you and I were up there cleaning up the site, which we did a few days in advance, mm -hmm. we actually did that like we on Monday. We did it on Monday, Monday and then yeah. went out on Saturday morning yeah. to do everything else. If we had tried to maybe shoot some lines that day and been ahead a little bit, because I know uh, after we did the 80-meter um, antenna, uh, Wayne and uh, my brother, uh, who's not a ham, but he... He came down because he lives very near where we were. Well, he, he pitched in. He's honorary ham right now. Yeah. They they spent a lot of time getting one end of that 40-meter um, Yeah, I know. We, we all there. took turns trying to shoot that line up there. Yeah. And uh, it took quite a while. Yeah. Actually, we probably spent more time on that than we did putting the tent up. We probably did. And just to shoot one line, that mm -hmm. was that's, that's a lot of quite time. an effort. Uh, so we got to get some. We got to get that down for next year and uh, come up with a better method yeah that's that was probably our biggest drawback this year mm -hmm. really maybe on one of very few drawbacks that, mm -hmm. that i i can recall but you did a little tour once we kind of got the site up and, and about ready to go we went down and looked at the power plant there and uh yeah, we, we had plenty of power. We got more than enough power. We got Wayne's generator, which is running now. We ran George's for a little while, and then mine is the kind of the red one over there, and we ran it all day yesterday. So we got backups for our backups. And we got at least five gallons of gas for each one of them extra as well. So we could have been here for quite a bit longer. Let's go ahead down the path here, and we'll show you where we're set up. When we first got here, we came out on Monday of this week, and we didn't really set anything up, but we did find a spot to set up and cleared it, cleared out the path. This whole opening was grown over, and you couldn't walk through here when we first got here. And uh, there was a lot of poison ivy around and everything. We got to see the crime all taped off here with our Amateur Logic and ICOM tape. So underneath this beautiful uh, uh, piece of uh, architecture, we have uh, two awnings set up, and we'll show you those in a minute. But we, Wayne had a big tarp, so we, he came up with the idea to string it up and, and drape it across the top of them, which that helped to keep the shade off 
keep limbs from falling on them. And if it rained, it gave us a little extra protection for the rain. And it actually did rain one time, although, thank goodness, not very hard, but it did rain. We've got two awnings put together in here. The first one we're in right now, this is George's, and it's just one of those that you see like at the ball field. It's just got a top and no sides. So we got the, the uh, plastic and taped it all around the corners and sealed it up pretty good. And there's, you can see there's spots of tape that are just holding it where it's folded over. And it's done a good job of keeping the bugs out. It's not completely sealed, but it's keeping the cool air in. And speaking of cool air, we got an air conditioner going through over here where we cut a little hole. And uh, Wayne had a little 5,000 BTU window unit he brought sitting on a milk crate over there to keep it off the ground. And that's all powered by the same generators from outside. The one generator powers that. Uh, we've had four fans going and then all the rigs and power supplies and everything in here and computers. So it's held up pretty well. Then over here on the other side, we've actually got a two-room uh, shack this time. We've got my old awning that we've used before. You've seen it. It's uh, kind of a cheap one. I think my wife got it at like Big Lots or something like really inexpensive. And it's, it's a little bit flimsy until you put the top on it. It's kind of hard to put up, but it served its purpose. Um, it's got screens on it, but we went ahead and, and put the, uh, the same plastic around the frame and sealed it up so it would hold the cool air in. And then the fans are blowing the cool air from the window unit into this back part. Uh, we got tarps on the ground to keep the critters out, and it's sealed up at most of the seams. It's worked real well. We only had a few of them get in, and it uh, wasn't bad at all. We For sleeping arrangements, we had two cots in here george had one i had one and wayne had a blow-up mattress and it's big enough we had plenty of room to walk through and get in and out you know or whatever and uh, it it's been very comfortable we got a nice view of the woods in the back here um of course it was dark last night and you couldn't see it but anyways it's worked out real well as far as stations we got three stations set up in here and uh, we could have actually rearranged a little bit and got some more in here and still had plenty of room to sleep i think not sure how many more we would have been able to get in and sleep and still walk but we could have probably fit another one or two um bring wayne in the conversation talk about how comfortable it's been <clears throat> we're going to get a second opinion on the comfort level of our uh Oh, what what did you call it earlier? I don't know. Plastic. What was this you said? The plastic. Better living through plastic. Yeah, our <coughs> yeah, better living through Bisqueen dwelling here. But uh, it's a pretty good idea to do the plastic and the window unit, Wayne. Uh, well, I thought it would work. I didn't see any reason why it wouldn't. George was somewhat skeptical, but yeah. you know. I wasn't 100% sure that it would, but I figured it was worth a try. I mean, the plastic was like 8 bucks. It's really thin, and uh, it might have done better had it been some thicker plastic, but it was an experiment, so I wasn't going to go all out and get expensive plastic. So I think it worked pretty good. Uh, I actually got cold last night. I had to get a blanket. <laughs> yeah, we actually ended up having to turn a few of the fans off and turn the temperature up on the window unit there because it got pretty chilly. Now, granted, the, the weather has been pretty nice this year compared to most field days. 
High today is supposed to be be about eighty nine or so, I think, and it was overcast yesterday, so it wasn't too bad. But even even if it were one of the normal hundred degree days, I think we'd still be pretty comfortable in here. We would have definitely been more comfortable than we were last year, with uh, you know being out in the open, so to speak, and not quite nearly as much shade. But uh, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised that it worked as well as it did. But uh, yeah. Who knows? You know, maybe we can come up with something a little bit better next year. Yeah, maybe we can upgrade a little bit. Uh, we were, I think, we're on the right track. Uh, anyway, it's it's been good. The only concern I really had was the the lightweight plastic that we got to try. Just for it was like Wayne said, it was an experiment. I think uh, if it stormed, it, it might have had a little tearage. Maybe I don't know. But we we did have some good coverage from the awning or the uh, tarp that's over the top, so it might have been okay. But I'm glad we didn't have to find out. Me too. That was like the Hobo Hotel. I tell you what, it it was comfortable in there. It, it was. Now, granted, it wasn't super hot out, but it was at least 10 or 15 degrees probably cooler in there than outside, and the humidity was way lower. Yeah. It, I mean, it it really it felt like being indoors almost. Uh, it did. It was very comfortable. I didn't think it was going to work. When he told me the idea initially... You know, I was thinking, uh, man, we're just going to waste a bunch of time on that, and it's not going to do anything. Yeah. But it was, it actually it worked, worked out well. We, now we we got lucky. I think if a storm would have came through, and we we did have the blue tarp over that would shield some of the wind, but I'm not sure that light plastic would have held up. Well, that. yeah, that because he said he got the cheapest he could. Sure. But you know, also we were talking about the black bear sightings around. I think we should have got the thicker visqueen just you know with that <laughs> in mind alone. Out. Yeah. Yeah, there have been some around. Uh, I haven't seen one, but I've, I've heard I've other seen people it on the seen news. Them. Yeah. Well, uh, so there's that was our secret weapon, I guess, the air conditioner. Yeah. It's a good thing to have. I recommend it. It it sure it made the difference, all the difference in the world. Because last time we were in the woods doing field day, it was miserable. It was bad because <laughs> I actually swore I wouldn't go back. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but uh, if we do this again next year and set up the air conditioner, then I'm I'm in. Yeah, I'm already in. I think so. That that just wow. That 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 was really nice. Yeah, and to uh, be out in the in the outdoors like that and have air conditioning at the same time. Yeah, and we've got a few ideas for the shelter, a little upgrade to yeah. the shelter. So mm-hmm. if that comes to be, then uh, it'll be even even better. Yeah. Well, let's do a few more emails and look at a little more field day. But first, let's get a message from one of the people who helps make Amateur Logic possible. ICOM America and ICOM Canada are teaming up to offer ham radio operators some incredible savings. Get a great deal on a D-Star repeater direct from ICOM and help expand D-Star across North America. With the release of the ID-51A Plus and ID-5100A, more people are getting on the air with D-Star. For a limited time, ICOM is offering a bi-direct D-Star promotion for U.S. and Canadian residents only. Purchase the D-Star repeater through the D-Star infrastructure program. Visit ICOM America's website, view current amateur promotions, and bi-direct.
This promotion is good for a limited time only. Review complete instructions online and call or email in your order today. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur for more information on ICOM's bi-direct program. Well, you say we do a few emails now, Tommy. Okay. I've got one here from Larry WD0AKX. Remember the ham radio guy? Yeah. He uh, said he really enjoyed the last episode. It was a lot of fun. And speaking of Radio Shack... He wanted to know, did I remember the Battery of the Month Club? Yeah, I remember the Battery of the Month Club. I lived for the Battery of the Month Club. It was a great marketing scheme, you know, is what Larry's saying. He's he's right about that. They gave everyone who came in a card, and it gave you a reason to come back to the store at least once during the month and pick up a battery, get your card stamped for that month. He visited there at least uh, once a week, though, and... Uh, they sure got a lot of his business. Let's see. He worked there in high school and just out of high school also, and, and I did. I worked uh, just out of college at one for several years. And he always got the 9-volt battery because he felt like that was the best value. You know, and, and that's what I did, too. Yeah. I, I always got the 9-volt. Um, anyway, he said he also he couldn't wait for the annual catalog to come out every year. And same thing here. I collected those catalogs for years. Yeah, uh, I had um, I don't remember I, I, at least a dozen years stacked up in my office at the radio the station. Old, the old catalogs are online. Somebody posted the link a few minutes ago. I think it's RadioShackCatalog.com from catalogs plural. Yeah. Dot com. So you can go back and see those old ones. And uh, I remember that battery thing very well. But I also remember they would give you a little coupon in the newspaper, and you would get a like a four or five oh, yes. cell D cell mm-hmm. flashlight. So I would go get the free flashlight, and then take my battery of the month card, in, and then four months I could turn my flashlight, <laughs> <laughs> turn my flashlight on. <laughs> you didn't buy the other four batteries. <laughs> Man, I was a kid running a paper route. That was yeah. big money. I spent all my money in there on other stuff. Yeah, but I bought the battery. So yeah. But uh, the, battery, the flashlight was cool. It was a good light. Yeah, it was pretty good light. I mean, um, you know, it was probably a ninety-nine cent value. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they they had some uh, marketing schemes working for them there back in those days. But you know, it, it was a fun time nevertheless. And oh yeah. Just glad we had them there at that time. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, oh, I got one here. Okay, what have you got? I got one from uh, Jim, N4ZYX. Yeah, ZYX. He says, uh, Tommy, I'm waiting for a DHAP Mini, which I recently ordered from Harden Power. It'll replace my original DHAP um, that stopped working. Fortunately, he had the DHAP under a square trade warranty, so he got a refund on it. I'm not sure how that works. But anyway, uh, he wanted to get a new Pi B Plus working with his DVAP dongle so he could just drop it into the DHAP Mini when it arrives. He copied his hardened power SD card, which came with his original DHAP, onto an 8 gig card using Apple Pie Baker, the one that I used in my segment uh, last month, I believe it hmm. was. And it, it won't boot. So, any suggestions I could give him, he emailed Bill. Um, Asking if he could provide the 
DHAP Mini with the Pi Boot Disk and DVAP tools. Um, but anyway, I don't think they really supply that. It was kind of a courtesy that they shipped it with those others. I haven't talked to Bill, so I don't put any words in his mouth. But uh, your card should work, or your image should work. So I will try it again. And uh, if you have access to a Windows machine, you could try Win32 Disk Imager and see if that one will work. And you also might want to try uh, doing all the updates on your original Pi before you copy it, make the image, and put it over into the new one. But I went from an old original Raspberry Pi in my segment to the B, no, to the 2 Pi 2. Mm-hmm. And it worked without a problem. So there should be no reason why it won't go from original Pi to a B. Yeah. I, I didn't try that with my Pi 2. I just started with the new image on it. Yeah, well, I had a lot of stuff set up for my DHAP. Mm hmm. And uh, anyway, so it, it worked without any problem. So I, I'm not sure why it wouldn't work. Yeah. Um, just try doing those updates on it first. Well, let's get back to a little more field day fun here. Field day fun. Last year we had had a little thunderstorm come through, and that kind of cooled down things a little bit and mm-hmm. made it bearable. And, of course, it helped cool down things a little bit this year. We didn't really need it quite as bad because it wasn't quite as hot as it was last year. And we but, had AC. And we had AC. And it's a good thing we did get that tent set up in time. And the generator's still happily purring along up there in the rain. And this is something that every field day site needs. It's their own personalized crime scene tape. Are they calling CQ field day? Yeah. And I do not comprehend. I finally found a foreigner on here that's speaking English. Okay. Well, these videos are kind of short this time around. They're kind of catching us off guard. Yeah, we got a lot of them, but they are short. Yeah. Um, it, so it maybe rained an hour or so. Yeah. It, and most of the time it does rain on field day for us here. Um but uh, it, it kind of helps cool things down a little bit. Except that first year that we did field day and it hadn't rained in like a month and it yeah. still didn't. Yeah, and we, we needed a shower then. Yeah. We were kind of worried about setting the woods on fire yeah, that we year. really needed a sh- shower. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting kind of gamey on that one. Yeah, it was kind of loud in there. I mean, you know, yeah. but uh, it perfectly dry. We No radios were damaged this year. None were damaged last year, but they didn't. No, they did get a bath. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that, the tes- testimony to the toughness of some of those radios right there. Yeah, but uh, high and dry this year, very, uh, very good under those rainy conditions right there. Well, you might ask, what stations did we have set up? There were three operators there, so we did set up three stations just like we did last year. And similar setup to what we had last year, a little bit different. You were running yeah, a, little a different bit. radio. Yeah, running my new radio. Tommy's over here. He's hot after him on 15 meters tonight. USL, 3 Alpha Mike Sierra, 3 Alpha Mississippi, 73. Looks like he bagged another one. It's doing pretty good. The band wasn't really good earlier, but it's kind of picking up right now. So I've, I've been having a lot of luck the last 30 minutes to an hour, I guess. It's, uh, it's getting to be a lot of fun right now. We're using the big air antenna, same as last year, like you just mentioned. And then I've got my same old netbook uh, 
ham computer. And then I've got my 7100 I got a few months back, and I'm really enjoying that. And I'm not having to do the manual tune thing. I've got my uh, MFJ Auto Tuner, uh, MFJ 939. I haven't had it very long. I've kind of uh, been kind of enjoying that, not having to manually tune anymore. It's kind of spoiled me. Yep, got the Astron 30 30 amp uh, compact supply. And uh, got the GoPro IC92. I decided to bring it for a change. I usually carry my ID51, but this one was getting kind of lonely, so I decided to bring it this this time, give it a little bit of use, give it some exercise. All right, Wayne, we just took inventory of my station, so now tell us what you got over here. ASU 897. Uh, got an LDG tuner, which has been in my truck for a long time until I got my Tar Heel last year at Huntsville, so now it's available have a Daiwa 30-amp switching power supply. Also got me a 12-volt battery, just in case. And uh, my new ID51. Handy talkie sitting back over here in case my brother calls or something like that. And I'm running an 80-meter off-center-fed dipole. Kind of running as a sloper. That's the best we could do with a slingshot. We've got a UPS here with the computers plugged in just to protect those. And we've also got a um, wireless access point here. And all three of the laptops are hooked together on Wi-Fi. So we're sharing the file system on George's laptop. And we're using the Squirrel Logger, Field Day Logger program. And we're all using the same file so we don't uh, duplicate contacts i gave inventory at my station we already talked to wayne so tell us what you're running here and how the bands have been and and how the whole field day experience has been so far i'm running a healer packard mouse <laughs> on an intel i-core 7 for logging and i've got the squirrel field day logger of course um i'm running my favorite mobile rig here it's my ic 7000 i pulled it out of the truck just so I could use it today. Uh, I, I really love the unit, you know, and I built that keyer for it last year so that I can do voice keying with it. Although, I haven't found an empty spot on the band where I can sit down and call CQ, so that's uh, hadn't really been used much. I'm using my Howl uh, ProSet 3 headsets. I've got uh, a little MFJ 30-amp switching power supply. It's... Uh, it's been working great. It's it's cool. It's quiet. It's real small and lightweight. And then I've got the same kind of tuner Wayne's using over there, the LDG Z100. Used to be the tuner I used in my mobile until I bought a little Tar Heel 2 and uh, bought a turbo tuner 2 for it. And so this is spare, and it's perfect for occasions like this. All three of us were using auto tuners this year, and that's really kind of speeded up things a little bit uh my antenna is a 40 meter off center fed dipole it's back here sort of along the ditch line we'll try to look at that tomorrow it's not real tall though i I would like to have had it higher but uh we just i don't know we just kind of had problems getting the old slingshot to work this year i think maybe the bands had stretched a little bit on it the the rubber bands not not the uh, HF bands. And we just weren't getting, you know, enough horsepower to really make those long shots that we wanted with it. So, anyway, we do have antennas up. We got 
Got three antennas going out there. We've got a couple more in reserve here, and who knows? Maybe we'll do something different tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, probably stick with what we got, but 40 meters has really been crowded. 20 meters has been super crowded as well. I haven't heard much on 10 meters. I haven't heard a thing on 6 meters. And that's about all I can do with uh, the antenna that I'm running here. Other than that, I've got my ID-51A, 50th Anniversary Edition. I've been enjoying that. Um, I've also I brought my little counterpoise wire, or as I called it, a ground radio. I can plug in the side and hang it down and get a little better range out of it. It's It's been working uh, good for the repeater here um we really have been using the repeater much we just wanted it so in case we needed to talk with someone on there uh other than that i've got a citronella candle and it's been doing a good job it's been doing a well a reasonably good job we've uh i think we're a little late firing it up i think so yeah we killed uh well we don't want any horse tree fly huggers, horse, <laughs> horse fly tr- huggers in here. But uh, uh, let's just say there are three horse flies that are not bothering us anymore, and we're short a little bit on duct tape. So, uh, other than that, yeah, it's um, things have been going pretty good. We'll have to take a better look in the daylight tomorrow, but uh, it's been been fun. It's much more comfortable than than. Probably, Wayne says it's cold, and it is a little cooler here, but it's not really cold. I mean, it's probably in the 70s outside right now. You can hear the crickets out there. Of course, we're back in the woods and one of our favorite spots in Schrock, Mississippi here. We're going to have to start the Schrock Amateur Radio Club. There are no hams here except when we 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 come. Yeah. So if they needed hams here, they would probably call us. Maybe. If they can find us. I think they could. Yeah, the noise you hear, that's my generator. And uh, I actually just got it fixed. I actually fixed it myself. It's been broken for about four years now. And uh, anyway, I just found time to to work on the carburetor. But it's been running since about 11 o'clock this morning. And it's 20 minutes till 11 now. And it's only used a little over half, about a probably half a tank of gas now which is two gallons which is two gallons that's almost unbelievable yeah because we've, yeah, we've we've got every rig that you've seen here four fans well we only got three fans running now but we've had four and an air conditioner and various lights how much gas did you have in that generator when you got home uh, it was about empty when i got home but i had four gallons in it when i came here i filled it up and it ran from 11 that morning to way up in the evening, and then we switched over to Wayne's and then switched back the next morning. Now, I don't know how many hours I ran on it, but way longer than I would have even dreamed that it would run. Yeah, we ran on mine an hour or so, maybe. Yeah. It needs a little exercise. Give a little exercise. Too. Yeah, yours is a lot louder. Mine's than about ours. three times as loud as those yeah. others. It's yeah. really loud. But it worked. You know, the generators, talking about those, you see all the stuff that we had out there being powered, and we still had headroom. We did. It, it powered the air conditioner, all that gear, fans, everything, no problem whatsoever. And it's a, yours is a 3KW? 3,500 watts. 3,500 watts. Uh, that's all it took. And, and, yeah, I mean, if we'd had linear amplifiers out there, that might have been a little different. 
And I will say that we noticed one anomaly, because we were running sideband on everything, mm-hmm. you know, on all the rigs there. And we did have the air conditioner on the whole time, but I think we found out, and maybe when we were just checking SWR or something, didn't we key up 100 watts CW one time and the lights kind of dimmed? We noticed just a little bit of dimming on, the, on the bulbs. Yeah. Yeah. So we could tell it, it showed a little bit of load then, but um, yeah. other than that, no problems. And we had a UPS, of course. I think we showed that. Um, yeah, and we always bring that. That's just kind of you know handy thing to have for your electronics. Oh, yeah. Couldn't run the rigs off of them. But, you know. Yeah, it's good for the computers, though. Mm-hmm. And it was also good because when we shut down at the end of field day to pack up everything, First thing to go down was the generator and all the extension cords. We'd plug the fan yeah, over and get the, the fan going for a little while. Yep. <laughs> so that's, that's good. Well, we're going to be back in a few minutes uh, with a little more on field day and a few more emails. Uh, I think we got another Radio Shack story in there, too. Oh, yeah. oh, cool. But we want to get a message from DX Engineering. You know, they are. Uh, They've added a lot of new books here recently. On July 1st, the FCC officially updated the General Class License Exam Question Pool. If you're studying for your general upgrade, don't worry. DX Engineering has brand new license and instruction manuals that reflect the updated FCC General Class Question Pool. The ARRL is still the go-to source for reference material, including the new 8th edition General Class License Manual. If you studied for your tech with an ARRL license manual, then you'll be familiar with the format. The manual will arm you with exactly what you need to pass the exam and get your ticket. In addition to clear, concise lessons, the manual's appendix contains the full FCC general class license exam question pool. Remember, the pool was updated on July 1, 2015, so make sure you've got the most current version. The manual also comes with a handy CD-ROM. You can take practice exams with randomly generated questions from the entire question pool. DX Engineering also carries books and study materials from the W5YI group and Ham Radio School, too. The books present the sometimes complex technical principles with straightforward, easy-to-understand terms and no confusing tech-speak or jargon. A good ham is always reading, learning, and growing. With that in mind, DX Engineering has added a ton of other books, technical manuals, instruction videos, and reference guides to help make you a better operator. These resources come from trusted sources like the ARRL, Ward Silver, Bob Alpin, and many more. Remember, in July, the FCC updated the General Class License Exam Question Pool Make sure you're getting the most up-to-date license manuals by shopping at DX Engineering. We want to thank DX Engineering for sponsoring Amateur Logic. It really helps us out a lot. Oh, absolutely. That's a that's a great place, man. Their shipping policy there is like second to none. Well, their shipping department. I mean, have you ever seen it? No, I haven't seen it. It's well, it's I something. know if you order yeah. that by ten o'clock, I think they'll ship it that same day. They that, do. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm really is and they've got some products that you just won't find anywhere else you know they build a lot of stuff themselves too yeah i'm gonna see about getting some coax and uh and connectors and stuff from those guys um 
we were a little bit short for field day this year. My mm-hmm. coax wouldn't quite make it out where I wanted, so I had to borrow a piece from you and mm-hmm. use a barrel connector. So I think I need to upgrade my uh, emergency stash of coax cable. I, I think you do because that piece you borrowed from me is on my new D-Star antenna now. Well, now now i got to do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we, we've got another round of emails here. Um, this one's from Bobby, KC2BBI. It says, Tommy, I have a question for you on your IC7100. How do you like it so far? I know we're not in full summer heat yet, but it's curious how the touch panel's holding up. This is one thing that scares him about the radio. He has a Kenwood V71A in the truck, which he loves. It's true dual band. I monitor my home frequency and scan on the others. Anyone can always find me. I was looking for a HF radio for the truck. Still looking at the TS480 or the 857 from Yesu, they would work nice in his truck and for field day. The 7100 would add a first for me, D-Star, which would be nice. I would agree with that. I would have to have a duplexer for the antenna for the 7100 or 857. Any comments are appreciated. Well, the first of all, the 7100 has got two antenna jacks on the back, so you can use two antennas unless you're going to try to use something with one, and I'm only familiar with one antenna that that does that but uh, anyway as far as the touch panel I'm using it in my shack right now although I I plan on putting the 5100 in my truck Mm -hmm. and I'm going to leave the 7100 but I haven't heard of anybody having any trouble with that at all no I haven't either and you know we were comparing those rigs at field day this year I I still uh, run the winner of the smack down there the IC7000 no you got the Seven thousand, so that was the loser. Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was the standard by which all others were judged. Yeah. No, actually, I, I love my seven thousand, but we were comparing it in the seventy one hundred at field day, and they've got uh, everything I had on the seven thousand. You had on the seventy one hundred, mm-hmm. and the rigs, the DSPs in those sound sound. I will so say good. he's got he's got. Uh, a Kenwood, a Yesu, and then the 7100 here. And the 7100 does give you D-Star, which is, in my opinion, is a huge plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I came from using an 857D. And you notice any difference? I, I do notice it. And I'm, not, I'm honestly not just saying this because mm-hmm. the ICOM helped sponsor the oh, show. I know you. But the, yeah. the, the, the audio quality in the DSP on the 7100 is so much better the audio is a lot cleaner it's nicer to listen to when i I listen to it for a little while i don't have a headache yeah so i'm actually catching myself on hf a lot more than i have been well you you know i was running uh that same rig you previously had on hf in my mobile and when i moved to the 7000 you know notice the same thing yeah yeah it's tremendous it's it's really amazing the the audio quality it's much easier to hang in there when your ears aren't bleeding. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. You don't have a headache. But exactly. uh, anyway, I think I hope I answered your question. I'm I'm using it inside, so it hasn't been out in the heat. But I, I haven't heard of anybody at all ever having trouble with the touch panel on it. Period. Yeah. Well, I've got one more email here. You know, I'd mentioned earlier we were talking about uh, Radio Shack. Last time I said send me your Radio Shack memories. And they did. So one of the guys who sent me an email was uh, Mike, VE3MIC, our buddy who's in the chat room a lot and who also hangs out on our Christmas episodes there and causes all kinds of problems. Yeah, stir something up. Always. You know, he's got some meters from Radio Shack here. 
everybody needs an analog meter and uh, this is one that uh, always reminded Mike of a Simpson uh, notable features it's old school analog you know I had a meter pretty much just like that it's uh, an FET VOM that Radio Shack made mine was a little different than that I think that's what Mike was showing there but uh, really a great meter and I love mine and never had a Simpson 260 until um, my FET VOM hit the floor one time and that's all she wrote another one uh, this is his favorite um, of the bunch and the notable features is it's got a, a min max value memory so when you measure something it'll store the minimum and the maximum range in there for you so that you can always refer back to it and uh, one more here back in 1986 uh, Tandy Corporation created Intertan to operate the Radio Shack stores in Canada, Europe and Australia and shortly afterwards, the rights to continue to use Radio Shack brands expired, and Intertan was scrambling to rebrand their products. Micronda became smart, too, and the notable features on this are the uh, true RMS measurements. And one final meter here, we're talking about digital multimeters. This is a talking digital multimeter. And that's kind of crazy, but he bought one, and it's uh, auto range only. The notable features on it the positive test probe, when you push the button, it speaks the measured value. That's pretty wow. wild, man. That is pretty wild. And, you, you know, Radio Shack had some, some pretty neat things. They did. Over they, the years. they had some cool stuff. They had like they had everything that talked. Calculators. I think I still have a talking Radio Shack calculator. I have a chip that talks. Yeah. I've got, I actually got one of those still sealed up in the blister wrap. Yeah. I've got the other one that you could speak. I think it was maybe four commands to up, down, left, right, or something like that. I never used it. I've still got it. I need to pull it out and play with about it one day. About time to try it out. About time to try it out, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Mike suggested that um, we ought to do a Google Hangout or a Roundtable Net or something and talk about Radio Shack's glory days sometime. Yeah, let's, we, apparently there's a lot more than just the three of us that are Radio Shack. I, I, don't, I guess you would call it fans. Uh, they, they kind of got a bad name lately, but as you can see, it was cool. It was pretty cool back in, in the day. Yeah. 70s, early 80s. Yep. Yep. It really was. And, uh, you know, we always kind of, I say always, we kind of always felt that there were some better parts around and, and mm -hmm. better places to get some things, but it comes right down to it. Radio Shack was there, and they had some really cool stuff, and you could get it quick. Yeah, how many times have you gone to Radio Shack with the, no intention to get anything in particular and just go and start browsing all the pegboards and find something cool on there? I spent hours looking yeah. at the pegboards. I would go to the mall, and I'd send my son off with my wife to go do whatever it was she wanted to do, and I'd hang out in the Radio Shack, man, going over those pegboards. When they took the pegboards off the wall and put them in those little divider things. That, that's, that's when it all That's when it started downhill. going downhill. Yeah, they sure did. You know, because uh, there was no longer much of a reason for me to hang out in there. Uh, sorry, that's, that's just the way it went. Well, I think you've got, uh, what is it, a Facebook post? Facebook yeah, I got one. Out? You know, we also do Ham College. Yep. And uh, it's actually gone over really well. Yes, yeah. And, uh, and I've just lot, had a lot of people... Uh, telling me that it's helped them get their ticket, and I got to 
Facebook post from someone the other day, Jim, W5JCS. And he says, uh, Tommy, I gave exams last night as a VE. One of the successful individuals told me he had viewed Ham College with you and George, as I suggested at our ARC meeting last month. He passed and only missed one. Thanks, Tommy and George, for producing these videos. And uh, there's been several posts on the Facebook group about that and other emails. And uh, if you got someone that's interested in getting their ticket, send them over there to check out Ham College. You know, it gives a little bit extra motivation and may just be what pushes them over the edge. It's also mm-hmm. part of the master plan to, to make everyone to hams. Yes, yes. And uh, <laughs> it's clearly working. It is. Uh, you know, we've heard from several people now that uh, kind of at least give partial credit to Ham College. I mean, we haven't presented enough information on yeah. there that it covers everything. You know, we're we're working at it, but we're just kind of getting their juices flowing on. Yeah, it's you know, supposed to give you that little idea. extra little kick. Get up and go yeah. do it. So, you know, it's nice to see that it's working. And thanks for sending that, that post, Jim. It was nice to see. Yeah. Well, let's get on back into a little more of Phil Day here. You know, you were talking about the uh, apartment that we had set up there for yeah. Phil Day this year. Here's one of the other rooms. Overhead light on. Yeah, I just think maybe it's too dark. Yeah, is a light extension cord plugged in that power strip. The sounds of Phil Day. You can hear the crickets and the frogs chirping, the generator running, and Wayne Burton. We're standing in the bathroom here. Remove the lid. Set lid aside. Now you have a little uh, container here, except on top, that holds the important. You don't. You don't have much important stuff there, Wayne. I got one in the truck. Okay. This just stays in here all the time. Okay. There's a nice comfortable. Place to sit. That does look comfortable. When you're done, you remove the trash bag, tie it up, and you put it in your own vehicle. And uh, what's that? They're saying we want to see it in action. <laughs> no, they don't. No, no, they don't. <laughs> Oh, that's too oh, funny. That is too funny. It's just such a shame. <laughs> we can't tell the other story that we want to. Yeah. So bad. Yeah, but, probably uh, shouldn't. No. And we won't. Okay, moving right along. So, we had air conditioning. Uh, we mentioned that a little earlier. We had the um, protective visqueen walls mm-hmm. around. But we still got a few bugs in there with us. Yeah, we had an answer for that, too. we got another invention here. We'll be patenting these, and you'll probably find them all for sale online on the Amateur Logic Shop here pretty soon. But we got our little no-pest strips here, and you'll be able to get them in these handy rolls. <laughs> Some people call it duct tape. Um, but it, uh, we hung them up here to try to catch some of the few flying critters that got in. And uh, it I don't know that this was as quite as success as the rest of it was because it's only one little gnat on this one. You can barely even see him. And I haven't really noticed any on the others, but uh, it was a valiant effort, and you'll be able to get those at your online shop here soon. Well, after we did hang them, I think it was more of a deterrence, and they left because they knew if they did land on them, they were, they were done for. 
Yeah, that's probably it. And I will say that if you roll that stuff up and you swing your hand at it, that it does work pretty good to catch some of them in mid-flight. And it actually did. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I hope the PETA people don't come after us for yeah. that. But. Yeah, the, the horsefly huggers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it worked. It uh, eliminated a few that came in. Yeah. We we did pretty good with as far as bugs inside the, the uh, dwelling or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. But the shack. The, the, the shack. The shack. Yeah. But uh, the, the problem we made, we had an error in judgment on our lighting placement, and we, we put the light by <laughs> yeah. the door, and they came found their way to the light but once we moved the light over it kind of stopped that yeah but um, anyway it was good yeah it was good and you did have that one gnat you did catch with the yeah there was one that we only had one one <laughs> capture with our whole uh half a roll of duct tape hanging from the ceiling yeah but that's, that's one we didn't have to that's worry one less yeah. yeah well seven dollars worth of duct tape yeah, well, spent almost as much on that as we did on the walls. Mm-hmm. Like $8 walls, right? Yeah, I think it was. Well, i tell you what, Tommy, we, we probably need to be wrapping up the show tonight, and we've got a little wrap-up of um, what we thought were the strong points and weak points of Phil Day this year. So what's your opinion of this year's event, Tommy? How do you think we did? It was a lot of fun. I don't know how many contacts we made compared to before. Bands weren't quite so good yesterday for us, but this morning has been real productive. And as far as the the uh, setup we had here, you know, accommodations, so to speak, it's been very comfortable. I, I haven't been sitting here sweating or anything. It's been nice and cool. So I think we did well. This prep time was a little bit more than I hoped. So we were late getting started yesterday. So uh, if we could kind of streamline that a little bit for next time, I think that would be a big help. Yeah, I think so. Uh, we, we've always been late every year. We've done field day. Um, I, I would like to have gotten started a little bit earlier. We ran into some problems stringing up the antennas. We we spent, oh, I don't know, at least an extra hour or two there that we really shouldn't have had to, but it just ended up being that way because we were having difficulty getting the line shot and um and the ropes pulled up in the trees but uh we did uh manage to eventually get all the antennas up um we got the shelter here this took a good bit of time too but this was a maiden voyage on the uh, good ship visqueen here so uh it worked and it's been nice and comfortable in here can't complain about that contact wise i think maybe we had a similar number of contacts to last year uh, I don't think we had any gains there, but uh, it's a good fun event. It's been uh, nice and comfortable. We we probably could have stood this without the air conditioning and the covered shelter here, uh, just just with the awning and some fans. We we could have made it, but uh, you know, it's almost like being indoors. Yeah, a few times it got pretty chilly in here, but we did have the extra setup time for this, but it paid off. Um, the other setback we had was when I woke up yesterday morning, there was a thunderstorm going on at my house, and I actually woke up from lightning and thunder crashing outside the window, so I jumped up and actually ran and unplugged my gear that's still at the house, but kind of had to wait for that to pass by before I could even load my vehicle up. Yeah, but uh, we got here, and uh, it was dry enough. We were able to get down through the field and down here into the woods. Now, it we did get a little shower uh late yesterday evening of course it it was high and dry in here the 
the shelter and everything worked out great to keep the rain off the gear and everything this year, unlike last year. Um, but I don't know. Uh, it, it turned out better than I expected because there was an 80% chance of rain for Saturday, and uh, that didn't materialize. It was just one little shower. Yeah, I guess we were in the good 20%. I remembered last year, and I actually went and bought an extra tarp to bring in here just in case I needed to throw it over my gear. I've got an extra one, too. I didn't even pull it out, but it is in reserve there and ready to go. Well, I think we kind of, um, we'll call it a success. Oh, yeah, it's definitely a success. I'm already looking forward to next year, kind of making plans on how to maybe get the set up a little bit quicker. Well, that was field day. That was it. Let's do it again next year about I'll this time. I'll tell you what. Yeah, and we'll just hope for a similar weather. Yeah, and uh, yeah, weather. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, we'll probably upgrade the shelter a little bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, work on the antenna ideas yeah. a little bit better. I don't know, man. You got the visqueen walls and um, the no pass strips. I'm not sure what we could do to improve. Well, we can we can keep that. What was yeah. the, everything that was working for us? We just need to keep that. Then that no pest strip, they got that that one little critter, man. That was going to be the one. <laughs> yeah. Out of that 200 acres of land there, we did get the, the one critter that was there, huh? Yeah, he was going to bite somebody. Yeah. Well, you know, last time we did a show, we decided we were going to give away something, didn't we? Yeah. A lab coat. One Enough. of the ones from, uh, from Dayton. You, you yeah. saw them on our live Dayton show we did with Icon from their booth at yeah. Invention this year. The official... Uh, Amateur Logic, uh, Hamvention, and the time of the show on the back, and ICOM on one side, on yeah. the front. I can't hold it. Anyway, it's, it. it is an official Amateur Logic and ICOM lab coat. And we're going to give this one away. What size is that one, Tommy? This one is a medium. Okay. We probably will need to pick another one out of the box there because our winner. Is, is actually someone we know. And this was a random drawing, you know. We didn't uh, pick him out or anything. Just a random drawing. And we had asked the question, who are the three fine sponsors of Amateur Logic? And, uh, well, a lot of people knew, but the one whose name was drawn was Arnie, K5ARN. Our friend Arnie. Our friend, the guy who had, the, what was that thing he showed us? The remote... Remote rig? Remote rig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the 7100. That was, uh, yeah, last year? I, guess I think it was. maybe, yeah, it was last year. Uh, anyway, he said uh, MFJ Enterprises, ICOM America, and DX Engineering were our sponsors, and that's correct. Congrats, Arnie. Uh, you know, I didn't even look to see if he was in the chat room tonight. He, he usually it. is. He could be traveling between countries right now. But anyway, we'll be getting uh, one of these lab coats. Uh, over to you. Yeah, I think he's in there. I think he's using his uh, other call sign. Oh, over there. his uh, SA7CAR, I believe that's Arnie. That is Arnie. Hi, Arnie. Congrats, we got you a coat. Yeah, congrats. Uh, any of the rest of y'all want a lab coat? Bound to be somebody, at yeah, least somebody one more person. Somebody else wants one, I'm yeah. sure. So if you'd like to win one, we've got uh, oh, at least uh, two or three more to give away. What what should our question be, Tommy? 
Whatever you decide it should be. That's no help. <laughs> well, let's see. Okay. Something to do with Phil Day. Oh, yeah. I know what it can be. Okay. All right. And if you were paying attention, you, you got the answer. If you didn't, you'll have to rewind and go back and listen. But Wayne was using an 80-meter off-center fed dipole. I was using a 40-meter off-center fed dipole. What kind of antenna was Tommy using for field day this year? The best one. And here's a hint. It's the same one he used last year. It worked well for me both years. Yeah. If you know the answer to that and you want to win one of these lab coats, then send us an email to labcoat at amateurlogic.tv and uh, tell us the answer. What antenna did uh, Tommy use for field day this year? And also uh, tell us the size of lab coat that you wear, and hopefully we will have that size left. Yeah, we may or may not. Yeah, there's yeah. there are only a few left, so we'll it's do the best we can. A limited supply. Yep. So anyway, uh, congratulations to Arnie. Yeah, we we got the size you needed there, Arnie. Got it on the email here, and uh, we'll be getting it over to you. And I guess you you must not be back in the states yet, but uh, that's where we're going to send it. So I hope it's okay. Um, he'll probably answer us here in a minute. He'll probably be back for uh, Ham, uh, Huntsville Hamfest. Oh yeah. You usually go there. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, Tommy, uh, I think that pretty much does it for this episode. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, we'll have Peter back with us next month. We will. We'll have a special show for you next month, too, because um, we're all going to Huntsville. Yeah, it's going to be a big time. It's going to be a big time. Is it before or after the show? I can't remember. It's uh, it's actually about the same time the show's supposed to be released, so there'll be one more. Okay. All right, so be one more show before Huntsville, but we will be going to Huntsville, so make your plans now. Uh, you're not going to want to miss Huntsville this year if you can help it, because yeah. there's going to be a lot of special stuff going yeah, on. Th- yeah, this is going to be, if you're an amateur logic fan and you live in the area, you you really want to come to this one. Yep. I'm not going really to say do. anything else. That, that's all we can, are allowed by international law to say at this yeah. point. But, so be there. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. All right, well, 7-3, thanks for joining us, and uh, good luck in the contest. If you do come, wear your Amateur Logic swag. There you go. We want to be able to pick you out, although we know everyone there is a fan. There could be two or three that are not. They will be before they leave. got these nice looking little vines here that are growing on the trees and on the ground maybe we can figure out what those are the first one the dsc f 1754 i don't recognize that part number
I don't know, maybe that's Canadian part number, I guess. He said another one of his favorites is the uh, DSCF. Oh, wait a minute. What do you think that means? DSCF 1754. I don't know. That's the file name of the photograph. That's why, that's why you didn't recognize the part number. Yeah. <laughs> Party on, Tommy. Party on, George. Party on, Wayne. Oh, man, how did I miss that?